0: Podcast for dads who love music, made by dads who love music, and now your hosts, Josh and Joe. Hi, everyone. This is Dad Rocks, the podcast for dads, music lovers, and anyone else who is interested in us talking about stuff. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm here with my co-host Joe. Hello, hello. And our producer Steve. Hey, guys. Though this is our only our second episode it's been a while since we recorded our first one just to be open and honest and in that time the world or at least our country has kind of exploded um, so today we're going to be talking about our lives during the current coronavirus pandemic and how it has affected us personally and musically um, but we're also going to dive into the social justice protests that have been fueled by the recent deaths of black americans and how we as fathers are digesting it and discussing it with our children First, since it's been a while since we talked to each other, let's check in and see what's been up with our lives or what we've been doing in our day to day during this uh, weird time that we're living. So, Joe, what, what's going on with you? We know there's a you had a big life change recently, I think.
1: Yeah, through all this, to, you know, through covid, um, I bought a house. I'm now a homeowner. So that's been pretty Congratulations. exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats. Uh, it's been very stressful. As any homeowner can tell you, uh, the whole process of buying a home and and going through it and then dealing with COVID at the same time caused uh, some issues with the banks because they were a little skittish about giving money to people because they didn't know what was going to happen. But it's been very exciting. It all worked out. Um, Love the house. And uh, that's why I'm recording this right now in the basement, which I'm hoping to set up in a full music uh, listening area, and uh, hopefully my drums in here at some point. Also, through all this, um, somehow got a new job. That's Um, awesome. Congratulations. I feel like I'm the only person in the country who got a new job (laughs) and didn't lose their job. so I've been very blessed and thanks, uh, thankful to have this new job. It's going great. It's actually in the pharmaceutical world, which is a new thing for me, but uh, it's been going really well. So new house, new job.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's how it usually goes. I, when we bought our house, like my wife got – It all happened at the same time. Like we closed on our house, my wife got a new job, and she got pregnant. It was just like everything happened within a month, and and that seems to be going. You know, for me, the school just got out, and even though I wasn't teaching too much, uh, I basically now don't have much going on. Uh, Just taking care of my son, being daddy daycare, while my wife continues to work from home. Um, However, my band, my cover band, just did a uh, our third virtual concert through facebook and we raised some money for a local food bank here in new jersey very cool and which is, it's fun you know awesome. it's, it's one of those things where you kind of if you don't play music for a while and you're busy and stuff it you, you miss it but it's like you have a you have a routine and your, your day-to-day is going it, it's just going but once you you play that one time or you interact with guys that you played music with it just kind of rekindles that fire and it's it, it just sucks that like we can't play more regularly um but yeah it, it's it is fun you know to, to have have all the ability to you know do this virtually even if it's just like a bunch of us playing on acoustic guitars and uh, or stitching together you know videos and whatnot but uh but yeah other than that really just trying to navigate through this pandemic which uh, is causing my wife and I still some anxiety and trying to figure out how we can you know well, we'll get into to that, basically trying to get our lives back to a little bit more like normal and stuff. And, uh, you know, so and Steve, what about you? Basically, you know, I kind of keep going
2: forward with the day job, uh, still cutting promos, still working in the podcast world. But then uh, in the the side project realm, um, I've actually made some interesting moves. I uh, found a roll of 35 millimeter film recently and I had it developed And it was from a concert I had seen in Toledo, and I'm writing like an oral history basically about it. And the photos came out great, number one, which I was really concerned about. And two, um, I've reached out to uh, the drummer of one of the bands that had uh, flipped his uh, snare and pushed his uh, bass drum down, which was just like at the time was like the most like Iggy Pop, you know, rock and roll insanity that I've ever seen. Um, But yeah, so it's... It's I'm um, I i do not know what I'm going to end up doing with it. I might just, you know, publish it on a blog or anything, but I think that was pretty cool. And right, so that was the
1: the Soul Dad Brothers, right?
2: Yes, Soul Dad Brothers, of Prayer and Heartless Bastards. And it was just like one of these like people still to this day in Toledo still talk about the show. I just posted in a Facebook group about it. And yeah, it was just like I was there. Oh my god, you remember that? You captured that and so, I think people want to talk about it, but now I have to kind of like go down the chain of i eventually I want to talk to the lead singer Buluos Prayer, who was basically really drunk and sleep deprived and was just going insane on stage it was it was it was well like a great moment, I don't know for my concert going experiences yeah. mm-hmm.
0: it always feels like there's these epic concerts that fans really think are amazing and then the band's like eh it was an okay show like I don't really want to talk about <laughs> it like yeah and you know it's it's just it's just weird but you know I'm hoping that that's awesome that you found that role of, of 35 millimeter those it's always fun to find those like random archives about shows and mm-hmm. things that you just you forgot you did or they got lost in the in the shuffle of life um but yeah yeah So moving on, you know, Joe and I kind of touched on it a little bit, but uh, the life of living in the world of coronavirus uh, has become, you know, our new normal, at least for the time being. And, you know, every parent that I know has come across a lot of challenges uh, that... You normally don't, you know, for, you don't see, you know, with your kids and and with your day to day and especially for kids who, you know, parents who have kids that are school aged, you know, no one, some of them have never dealt with teaching their kids or dealing, you know, the whole idea of dealing with a f- virtual school while you're working and everyone just being on top of each other. There's so many different challenges and so many different um, new experiences that can be exciting and be frustrating, but just the, all our whole lives have just kind of been turned upside down. So I, I really want to tell you, you know, I think today talk about like what it is that we've experienced as fathers and what we've heard from other friends and, and, and whatnot and just we what we've seen um, about, you know, regarding being a parent in this weird time and how it's affected us. And, you know, with Joe having, uh, you know, a, a newly minted teenager and, um, you know, uh, an, a, another preteen in the in the house, uh, definitely a different world than what I'm seeing with my toddler at, at the house. Joe, what is it, you know, uh, my, with me, the, one of the biggest challenges has just been kind of like <clears throat> keeping my son occupied in some sort of schedule um, and, you know, being so crazed and, and just bored by the same schedule, but c- because like I can get bored and I can get frustrated, but I have to remember it's all about him. It's not just about, it's not about me. It's about like making sure he's uh, happy and he's, he's getting the attention and he's, you know, doing what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, you know, on your end, what, wh- I mean, you're seeing totally different challenges than I am. So what, what have you experienced?
1: Uh, well, again, it was a crazy time because not only was it COVID and, now the children. I have two two kids, like you said, a, a new teenager, newly turned teenager, and a, and a third grader. Um, but on top of it, we were going through a move, so we were, you know, our stuff was all over the ho- the old house. While they were trying to do, you know, virtual learning, they don't want to do it. Like ninety nine percent of children or people in in general, (laughs) no one wants to, you know, do it. So you're kind of forcing them to do it. (laughs) And yes, me and my wife uh, also work now from home for the past few months. So we're both, and I was starting a brand new job in a brand new field, like did not know anyone. They shipped me a laptop. So I was training from home. It was very strange. Um, So I was really trying to concentrate and like learn this new Terminology and the pharmaceutical world—it's like a whole new thing. And the kids would ask, keep coming up, asking questions. And at this new job, there's a—it's a lot of um, teams meetings and Zoom and stuff like that with other doctors and healthcare people. And they're all saying the same thing. They—they they, all the parents have the same stories. Uh, that is just a challenge to you know work. And all of a sudden, you're a school teacher. My son is 13. It's hard stuff that he's he's learning now, things that most of us forgot 25 years later, 30 years later, you know, certain yeah. math, oh, yeah. uh, you know, equation, things like he's, he's, you know, multiplying fractions and stuff, you know, ask me a question. I'm like, oh yeah, I used to be really good at that in like 1993, yeah. like it's 2000, <laughs> like I don't know, you know, but, and this life in general, I feel like is very, uh, you know, complicated and busy and there's just a lot going on anyway. So then who has the time to like learn this subject or learn this other thing on top of it and try to, you know, teach your your kid that. So that's been the main challenge is just, you know, really they have to do it. And, you know, when I was growing up, you know, a lot of times you have to just, you know, do it on your own. I mean, my mom would help me and stuff, but it wasn't like she was – I don't think she was spending, you know, all day or she, she wouldn't have been able to. She wasn't handholding with you at times. Yes. But you know, I think if it was like this, uh, she, she would have a job, and she wouldn't have been able to, you know, do it all day. So, um,
0: and it's also challenging for, for kids, you know, because uh, me being a public school teacher, I'm seeing it, you know, even though I, I wasn't doing a ton of teaching, I was seeing, you know, chats from my colleagues about how kids weren't checking in and just the fact that you're yeah. not in person and the school year's winding down and then we changed grades where they weren't even A. It was all just pass or fail. So, you know, what is the expectation? What are the kids supposed to put in for work? You know, how much work are they supposed to do? What's the? It, it's it's crazy. And I think the fact that you're they're not seeing. The teachers every day, and a lot of them have a hard time with responsibility and um, you know doing their work in general, mm-hmm. like getting in it on time when they have to go to physically go to class and they see their teacher. Now you're taking that whole yeah. um, personal experience and throwing it out the window, and it's kind of like this weird you know virtual world where you know it's something I, I teach as a technology teacher about the the idea of the veil of anonymity where you kind of don't feel like it's real life because you're not seeing the person you know, right in front of you. So that's that's a huge challenge that I think a lot of people are seeing, especially at the middle grades. Like the younger kids are excited about doing work or they're getting on to Zoom and stuff like that. And then, you know, the high school kids have to do, you know, they might be lazy just in general because they're high school kids, but, you know, the kids who are trying to work to go to school and, you know, get good grades so they can go to good colleges or whatever, you know, they there's that, you know, impetus. But then you have that middle school grade where it's just like, they just want to like play video games all day or go out and hang out with friends yeah (laughs) and you know they're not now that you're taking that whole uh the whole personal piece out it's it's kind of really tough to get them motivated to do work you know you know just in general like any kind of work you know very tough and then at the last second they said are your books not Getting done. Can you do our yearbook? And so I had I had to put together a yearbook in two two weeks that I'd never done before. Thankfully wow, they wow. gave me they gave me the stipend that it comes with it. But Template. Uh, yeah. Oh so, good. You're good. You know. But at the same time, I wasn't doing. I was doing work, you know, I was always on call, but it wasn't the same as, you know, the classroom teachers who had to like go on every day, get lessons ready. Like one of my colleagues, the social studies teacher, he was staying up to like two in the morning every day, making videos and lessons for his six classes and stuff like that. It's just, you know, and then the kids aren't putting any effort back Mm -mm. into it. So, yeah. So, I mean, the whole idea of just keeping these kids, you know, uh, occupied and just, you know. in, involved in their schoolwork is, is a huge challenge and you know for me because uh, my son is just turned 22 months so it's it's basically getting it, the lack of socialization is 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 really starting to affect him. You know, he gets he gets really excited when he sees other kids or when he sees, you know, his grandparents either virtually or like they'll come to the window or like you know, early on we had my mom come over to the house cuz we were everyone was like okay, we don't have it so but like now it's like anytime he sees anyone he just wants to go over and play with them. We have to be I have to like literally like pick him up and just be like, "Sorry, dude, you know, I can't do this cuz we don't know where <laughs> these kids are coming from and all that stuff." Um, yeah. though we're like, we're starting to talk to our neighbors about, you know, expanding our bubble cause they haven't really seen each other. So we're trying to like, like figuring that all out and like navigating those waters.
1: But, um, that's, well, you know, in our world, in our small town, we've, we've, you know, started to have some, some kids over, um, you know, families that we know what they're doing and who's like, basically yeah. just been home
2: or, you know, they've yeah, been isolated and been okay.
1: I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just, you know, they're playing outside and most of the time and so yeah. I mean that's what's actually going on as I'm recording this. <laughs> so there's like kids yeah. jumping in a trampoline that I we got for my daughter. And
2: uh I was gonna say for your kids, they really need that social
1: time. Oh, they're not and really it's just getting like, it. So literally like- on, you know, an iPad and they're just you know watching uh Ugh. youtube and tiktok all day and basically i'm mean, not that's just how it is um yeah. unless they're outside yeah. but you know luckily again we have a backyard we got this trampoline they ride their bikes a lot and um you know we have some friends that yeah they they see each other and again most of the time they're outside but i think at this point i think it's you know i think we think it's fine just to
0: have yeah, these little yeah, play
1: dates know. and we're not like having yeah. like a million people over and whatever. But so, yeah, but I was also going to say with the cell phone too and school work is interesting because my son has a cell phone, of course, and he does use it for school, but he will, he's always, he's on it. And if we yell at him and say, no, you know, log into the, your Chromebook, that, <laughs> you know, I don't know, I'm doing it on my phone. I'm doing it. You know, it's like, it's like, in the, and you're like, sure. sometimes he really is. But we know, you know, a lot of times he's not, of course.
0: I see that in school. That's, that's something because we allow, the middle schools are allowed for certain classes to use their personal devices because we don't always have enough computers for the kids. So they're allowed mm-hmm. to use their phones for certain things. And even in my class, even though every kid has, a you know, a Mac like to, to use, and it's just a matter of, you know. It's different because it's school. Because we can take. I mean, you could take away their phone too. I mean, it's your, yeah. your, your parents, and it's just you right. know getting. It's it's tough though because there's at home we do that the line. Yeah, yeah, do But it, you know that that's a, <laughs> that's always a tough call. It's it's something that everyone sees, you know, in schools and everything like that. It's such a um, it, that
1: that's such a big thing though for uh, um, that like our parents didn't have to deal with, and of course everyone before that. The whole yeah, well phone they, thing is just... But
0: they also know. didn't have to deal with... Ima- imagine if this was going on in the 90s, right? Yeah. N- How would anyone get work done? <laughs> I know. Oh, dude. It'd be like insanely nothing, impossible. No, the, yep. y- You'd have conference
2: calls on like, phones and get shit done, and that's about it. I don't even yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
0: it's just one of that these things where... Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it would you're talking about phones. Worse. You know, phone usage. You know, now imagine like even ordering food. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Stuff, just imagine you know? like trying to get on. Like you're, you're you're you have a parent who's works for a company that has like you know uh, an internet portal or something, and they have to use the dial up modem, and then the <laughs> phone's out, and there's no cell phones. Oh my know, God, yeah, this is it's crazy to think about how. As terrible as it is, we are so lucky that we are, you know, have this ability to connect. You know, but on the flip side, I guess you could think about it as if we weren't so globally connected, this thing would not, maybe not have spread as quickly. And but mm, I don't know. It's just it is what it That's is. That's true. So you know, I feel like parents in general, from what I've read and what I've talked to friends, it's just the the biggest challenge has been, you know, the school work. And just socializing, like how are you supposed to let your kids socialize and how – I think it comes down to at this point, you know, how willing you are or how scared you are or nervous you are about getting it and contracting the virus and spreading it to someone else. I mean, for my household, both my wife and I are anxious, nervous people (laughs) about so much stuff. (laughs) And like we literally have locked it down and we're just now just basically being like, okay – this is this is how we're going to deal with it. We're going to still be cautious, but you know we're going to allow our parents over. And that was the big thing was was our parents. We just didn't want to get them. Yeah, infected. that's different. Yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah, so still, still oh different. yes, that's yeah. a and very serious thing. People, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: and even. You know, even with this Kawasaki thing, with the you know the kids that that's that's coming popping up, we're just. It's not like we're gonna have to. You know, hopefully, if we catch it, it won't be. It wouldn't be terrible. You never know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always that chance. But we, we're both like, well, if we can just cut out the possibility of getting it at all, we might as well do that. And that's that's. I think. I think that's also affecting our son a little bit too, is that we're anxious and like, kind of like, ah, like you're pulling him away from this and that, you know, kind of that we're hoping that doesn't affect his psyche, but you know, it it's, it's right. The trauma
2: of this is not, yeah. I mean, for children, I wonder, even if it's like, it just sensing it through the parents, it's going to be yeah interesting to find like years later, how it yeah. affected them. And
0: you know, it's, it's crazy. And, and I, I, I just, I'm hoping that we can slowly at least get, a couple of kids in, involved in our, in our bubble, but then again, it's, you can get a couple of kids and then you're, you're really ex- expanding the bubble. But thankfully, you know, we are in a state that has a very low reproduction yeah. rate right now. Curve for low. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, so, you know, there's, there, there are those challenges and, you know, of being in this, this world, but there's also some positives that, you know, you can pull out of this, you know, since life is, has changed, uh, you know, I think, Joe. You know, you're you 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 were able to move. I guess that was the, that was that was a huge thing. It was and- actually amazing.
1: It was actually a perfect time because I wasn't working for a few for you know entire March, really until late April. So I was all, basically not working at all for five weeks or so. And during that time, I was able to, although not as much as I, you know, we should have got more done. But I, at least I got a lot done with moving and. um, going through all our stuff and we had a you know a, a, a big space with multiple levels and and for and you know unfortunately i stored a lot of things in that old house and yeah. uh, i was forced to uh, <laughs> confront the million boxes of things and you know stuff that we just kept putting off especially stuff that you know, we've had for a million years at, or this year from when the, when the kids were babies. So actually it was a positive, it was actually a perfect time in a way to move. So that was, that was yeah. definitely a positive. And of course, yeah, spending a lot of time with the kids has been great. And, um, you know, we do have our routine and they're, you know, we're all kind of used to it now seeing each other, which is cool. Um, yeah. definitely like my son who's, who's 13, uh, he's, he's loved this whole thing. Like as a thirteen-year-old, they don't care. I mean, I was yeah. They have their phone. They're they're talking as much to their friends as they normally would. Right. It actually, is, yeah. You know, for him, it's like you know, I hate this. It's like actually, he's like loving it. He just he's like, this is great. I have to go to school. Stay home. I'm still chatting <laughs> with my friends. Still texting. We're still doing this. Wait, he he doesn't miss the soccer tournaments or anything like that. No. No, he doesn't miss that at all. No. (laughs) Probably because he doesn't know. He doesn't miss them at all. We actually just talked about this over dinner about soccer. And he was like, No, this is great. I'm just doing soccer. I don't have to practice. I'm playing 2K and Fortnite. I'm still chatting with, you know, he's playing the games with the, you know, over the headset. With all oh I'm a i I'll ask yeah. him, who are you playing with. Oh yeah, this person, this person, this person. Oh, so you're still talking to all your friends. It's like it's just without the right. work. <laughs> They're just hanging out, yeah. basically. But yeah, I mean it's
0: it's it's crazy to think about, you know, all that, that stuff that you were able to get done. I, I I have to say though, for anyone who's listening who's not a parent, um, when we say we have free time, that free time is very limited. It's, oh, a, yeah. different, I mean, it's, always... it's a different concept <laughs> than than being uh, not a parent. You know, even you know the the yeah. amount of free time that I have from last year when my son was you know napping a lot more and not able to run around and we can be contained. I have free time basically what when he naps for like two hours, an hour and a half, two hours, and then right after he goes to sleep, we have like two to three hours before we go to bed because we're just exhausted from yeah, the day.
1: Sure, and you know that well, never ends.
0: But now, but for, <laughs> we're still going
1: yeah, through. Oh, that. I, oh, I, I understand. We're yeah, never ends. End. Yeah, now they don't and, want to go to sleep. Yeah, Just And then, later.
0: For me, one of the big positives, you know, not j- again, like Joe said, spending quality time, you know, with my son is invaluable. Even and this is like the second year in a row because since I was on paternity leave part of last year, being able to have my wife not have to get up at five thirty in the morning and not coming back at seven o'clock at night because she usually works a condensed work week going into the city, and so now she's home. You know, one of us will make dinner. We can like be able to hang out and actually enjoy this time together, Mm -hmm. even though we can't like go out and, you know, have dates or anything, we can at least, you know, have time to chill with each other, Yeah, you know, and it's one of these things where, you know, we take take our our time to, to do our separate personal things, and now we actually have time to do that because you know, we're not working and now not have this crazy schedule. You know, we're getting up at like seven 30 in the morning versus like six o'clock or five 30 in the morning. So yeah, that's, it's been a huge positive. And I, you know, I've definitely Good. gotten some stuff done around the house. There are some positives even if, you know, and just, it still sucks. I, you know, you wish you, you could go back to the regular life, you know, mm-hmm. looking at what we've had and, but you know, you got to take away some stuff and, you know, Steve, for you, you know, you don't have any kids, um, but have you, have you any, any positives coming out of this? I mean, I feel like it may be a little different world for you. Um, yeah,
2: I mean, that's the biggest thing is, uh, is having more time at home, even though I obviously move, you know, to the, to the social, uh, parts of it, obviously like, I'm just really blessed that like, Hey, I can spend time and go through my archives and, and find this this photo to develop. And I've been going through a lot of my records and making sure that that's finally organized. And I'm gonna definitely gonna go through a lot of different things in my storage. You know what I mean? Like old projects, old photos. So yeah, it's been phenomenal. It's been good to kind of not have the 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 specter of a ton of social things. And on, on even though it sucks, yeah. it's yeah, nice.
0: it's it's you know, you get a time to kind of reflect and, um, think about what you actually enjoy and and what you, you know, priorities and and what you want to, you know, what you put as the things that you want to do. I mean, I, I can say that when I was, uh, there's about 10 years ago when I, um, left or was, didn't get rehired for my first teaching job in went on a road trip that summer and then went out to Kansas for grad school. Like that time of kind of isolating myself, really, you kind of, when you step away from your, from what you're used to, you kind of really figure out a lot of stuff about a lot of things, you know, personally, and also just, you know, just, you know, what you want out of life in in some aspects. So. And like certain forms of media and
2: stuff, like things that same thing, like oh, I have plenty of time to watch this DVD or read this book or whatever, and I never did because I was doing other things. Yeah. So it was, it's, it's like oh, I have to kind of look at all the stuff that I have around and like engage with it again. It was, it was kind yeah. of yeah. Cool. And
0: another positive is that we're actually doing this show, which we've talked about for like two years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We have the time. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a huge Good point. One. as I mentioned earlier, you know, music wise, we've, you know, Joe and I are are both in bands. Uh, Joe's in an original band. I'm currently in a cover band and all of us are big uh, music fans and we like going to concerts, even though we probably don't go to nearly as many concerts as we'd like um, due to whatever reason. But now that everything's put on hold um, you know, it's, I think it's an interesting moment um, to see, how our musical lives have have changed i mean for me personally you know i'm still we my like i said my cover band has put out um We've done a couple of virtual concerts to raise some money just to keep ourselves active and just, you know, for our own enjoyment. Thankfully I haven't didn't have any, you know, tickets ready for any concerts that were coming up this summer or anytime soon. Oh, and yeah, you're a lucky man. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I we did have some gigs canceled like we were going to play at uh, a local bar that, you know, is is well renowned for the area that uh, Steve and and Joe and I live in, yeah. we were supposed to have two gigs there during this whole time, and they both got canceled. And I, as much as I thought I would be practicing drums, I just can't with my son as as much, even though I'm trying to get him into you know playing playing drums and everything. But it's yeah, yeah. it's it's been tough, and I don't know how much you know, for you guys, like it's been, it's been affected. I know I miss that aspect of my life uh, a lot. And, but I will say what's interesting is that uh, my former original band, when I was in Kansas, the four of us have been talking online and the the lead singer who writes all the songs has been sending us a whole bunch of songs. And I'm like the one who hasn't gotten anything recorded or anything like that, but we're starting to like piece together some demos that, you know, we may talk about, you know, or at least trying to get something together, even though that might never, happened but at least that you know that kind of fuels the fire a little bit more but um it's 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 definitely a weird time and you know joe i'm sure you can attest to it not being because you guys you know your tall days was on a roll for for a while playing shows and yeah i don't know what you guys had lined up yeah we
1: had we played a few shows we released our album in october and played some shows and then that's when it hit I, i actually i went away right before um, COVID in February or else we probably would have played around then but then we are about to probably play some gigs in March or so and then this all happened but um, if I miss concerts in general of course I really miss playing and now I'm trying to figure out a spot here where I can finally set up my drums and, and play. I haven't played in, in yeah since probably January I guess now, do you, you, have a, you
0: have a Wow. You have an electric set right? Did you buy an electric set? Or yeah did I you... I've had for
1: a few years uh, I didn't play it too much even in my old place um i have it here but it's not hooked up it's in pieces right now it's not even gotcha. set up not even <laughs> a space. but um i really miss playing you know very regular drums and um so i'm, I'm looking forward to uh to getting back to that and and of course, concerts in general. There's so many bands that I'm that I'm into that we're about to play this year. Of course, for the summer, there's always a million great summer shows yeah. in our New Jersey, New New York City area. I had a ticket to see Rage Against the Machine. They have five sold out yeah. shows at MSG, which now are going to be in 2021. They already rescheduled them. I mean, you talk about a band of the moment, like a band that has just yeah, Need without it right even now. putting new music out because of what's going on. They have just. They're back, back in, in the, the forefront. Charts, right? I, I think they're one. It's crazy. I think killing in the name of, I saw it. Is either charted or, or it's it's on some chart. That's because crazy. Because everyone just literally you know listening to it, and, and you know the lyrics just hit perfect. But um, one thing I was going to say also, you know, the effects on music life is that I, I do a radio show on uh, WMSC radio, and I've been doing it from home, which has actually been pretty cool. Instead of going in, although it's fun going into the studio, but it has been with parenting related to parenting. But Josh was saying, you know, we don't have any time doing it from home. I kind of can just whenever I have an hour or two hours I could you know sneak away and, and try to record it and piece it together. So it's been an interesting uh, way to do the radio show um, from home. Yeah. yeah. It's
0: really nice. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, for you, and, and I don't know in terms of listening to music I've, you know, I didn't really was never really able to listen to music that much at my, my job. And sometimes I wasn't listening to a ton in the car per se. I have literally no time to listen to music now because my son is just taking up all uh, all the time and he doesn't want to listen to what I want to listen to most of the time. Of um, course. But I mean, I mean, Joe, for you, you know, cause you would, you would commute into the city like, and Steve, you too. I feel like, well, yeah. I mean, for you, Steve, it's a little different, you know, not having to deal with kids, but like Joe, I mean, like, does the the lack of the commute take away from your ability to 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 listen to and discover music? Or? Yeah,
1: it does. It does definitely. Or even just being home. I was, you know, the last few years because I was freelancing. I was working sometimes at night, so I was around during the day when everybody was out. Kids were in school. My wife was working, so I had time, you know, to listen to things or whatever, you know, do do yeah. those kind of things. So yes, yeah, so for sure. And the, and the, I used to commute to the city a lot. Um, and that's when I usually listen to things. Now with the radio show, I have been discovering a lot of new music through Bandcamp. That has also been a, say, a plus in a, one of the few pluses in the music world is I feel like Bandcamp has really stepped up yeah. and they've allowed bands to get all the, you know, 100% of their proceeds every few Fridays. They're do, actually going to do one again coming up really soon. Yep. And uh, now they've also been letting bands donate 100% of their proceeds to whatever you know, charity or cause yeah. that, they, that they want to do. And I've been buying a lot of stuff on on Bandcamp lately. So that's where I've been discovering a lot of new music.
2: Well, I think a lot of music fans are reallocating their money too. They're like, well, I'm not going mm-hmm. to a concert, for instance, or I'm not, you know, going and buying as many records as I could as easily. So yeah, they're like buying a ton of stuff on Bandcamp and kind of supporting them in other ways. And it's, it's really inspiring how much money that they've been raising. Yeah. I mean, these bands are in shock in a way. They're like, wow, like you guys really value us and it's it's true we I think we
0: I, you know this is uh, you, it's a, you bring up a good point because I think this kind of uh, epitomizes what I've been telling people and talking to people you know when I talk about the in the music industry you know I'm not I'm not a kind of genius or anything and you know I, my brother is is uh, you know he's on a uh, semi Big, you know, recording label in the EDM world. I mean, the the fact of the matter is, is that because you know you have such a huge now open range of opportunity for people to just get music out, it's hard to yeah. to make any money and to really know who's listening to what and who is, um, you know, are you just getting like someone checking out your song for two seconds, or if you're checking out, you know, your, you know, True. and the shows really were the place that bands were making money, you know, that's why that's part of the reason why the ticket prices have just, you know, exploded is because that's where, you know, record labels make the most money. And, you know, all these people are making money off of tours because sales are not up up as much. So the fact that Bandcamp is doing something like this just shows how powerful, you know, money can go towards towards the band how many people actually give a crap about the artists that they're listening to and how you know how yeah. much they they care about doing it and I don't I wish I had the numbers up because I know for me when they did that first friday about you know independent bands getting you know whatever percent of the proceeds like i was just putting bands out on 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 social media on facebook and stuff like that and telling people go here go here and i you know myself oh, yeah. i bought I post, from a bunch yep. of people well so- actually
1: I'm, I'm on Bandcamp right now i was recording this i just went to it it says fans have paid artists 529 million dollars and 18.6 million in the last 30 days alone Wow! So eighteen million in the last thirty days. Yeah, it's I mean it's it's big. It's very big, and a lot of bands that I go to, most selling Steve, you know, a lot they'll have like a a seven inch or a vinyl, and it's sold out. Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, I'm yeah. Bandcamp really I mean,
0: I've always listened to and checked out Bandcamp, and I bought like digital stuff through Bandcamp, but I've never bought like physical things until that first Friday. And now there's, I see that like oh, cool. big bands have stuff that, you know, I was going to buy this. I, I was thinking back and forth about buying uh, the 10th anniversary of Spoons, a uh, ga ga ga. And I was like, mm. you know, do I want to spend it there? I'm like, you know All what? Right. If I'm going to buy this, I'll wait until a specific day to buy it so I know that it's going directly to the band and not going through a third party. Another cool thing is that that you know you there's the ability now like i bought something through um a local record shop in hoboken that you know i've never been to but i bought some stuff through them and you know they're shipping directly to so there's still ways to keep up and and buy from your local record stores which is great and they can like post on instagram
2: and various things it's like it's pretty cool how they're working around it too yeah
0: and i think what's great about you know, if there's a big positive to come out of this with the lack of shows. And I know that artists are, you know, doing like live shows all the time here and there. And there's, you know, these virtual festivals, which I never have time to actually sit down and, yeah, yeah. and watch. But the fact that they're happening and people are watching them and that they're, that people are doing them just shows that the music community is is really like pushing each other and keeping artists afloat and allowing, you know, Emerging artists to really have a platform yep. to play since and it, it's kind of interesting to think about because if you think about where you have a captive audience if you if you have bars and restaurants that are open, people aren't gonna you know you may go to a place where there's a band playing, but half the time the people don't care so now you have people sitting at home well at least in some states like in New Jersey where you can't really go you know you're <laughs> just <go> now <laughs> allowed to go outside to a restaurant um but You know, you have people at home watching because there's nothing, you know, you have stuff on the TV, but maybe, oh, this one of my favorite artists is playing on Facebook. I'll sit down and watch that versus, you know, watching something on Netflix. Whereas before you might have people who had work, who had family obligations. So this, so it's, true. you know, there's a lot of, um, a lot more time and, uh, and a lot more opportunity to focus on, on things like that. The home audience is definitely an untapped one, you know,
2: like people that, yeah, would go to concerts, but just do, are like you guys guys have kids and can't always get out.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it's just it's an interesting time. And those of us who follow the music industry have seen is like bands that have a following will always be successful, and they'll always find a way. And and now more than ever, it's like it seems that I don't know if the big the bigger artists seem to be kind of like laying back, and now it's like a lot of the like the little guys are are kind of pushing up. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen any like I think Pearl Jam put out did, did they do a live thing or was it just they did like a did like a video? It was like a music video per song gotcha. kind of thing. Yeah. So whereas like yeah. you have guys like the this one guy Neil Francis who all three of us have just recently got into. Right. And he's like putting out like live performances of like yeah, his whole time. band and like, you know, face masks, like performing in this empty church, <laughs> like, you know. And so we now have time to see like what it's like for him to perform live, you know, and yeah. whereas we may not have before. It is crazy, but you know, this, the whole thing, this whole Corona life is is kind of, uh, I don't know when it's going to end. I, I I personally don't foresee <laughs> it ending anytime soon yeah. but um nope. you know it, it, we'll see what the effects are and you know in the months and years ahead but it's it's definitely changed uh, the way everyone's living their life and you know hopefully we'll all adapt and be better from this or you know prepared for the next time anything like this happens again <laughs>
2: yeah definitely prepared
0: Moving on. To another topic, a more recent topic is the recent protests and the social justice marches and protests and all the events that have been happening. The three of us are, you know, white. We are from very privileged backgrounds. You know, we grew up in middle to upper middle class households. Um, we never really wanted for anything; things were provided for us. So that's our perspective, and we're not really going to go into too much about the the idea of racial justice and social justice and all that, but more of the f- focusing on how we can talk to our kids and what the approach is and how we've approached this with our kids are mentally like for me preparing to talk to my children about this. Since my son is, you know, he's so young and, you know, you can talk to them about it and try to expose them to different types of people. But, you know, how much is actually going to sink into them at, the, at this time? You know, that, that's a question for me. And so, Joe, like for you, uh, having known your, you and your your wife for a while, I know you guys are, are very much, uh, you know, a part of these kind of protests and stuff like that. You've been a part of, of things like this in the past. And uh, so how do you talk to your, your kids, especially since, you know, you have children who are not that young who understand and comprehend what's going on around them
1: sure well we I, I try to have since especially since we moved to the new house I, I try to have the cable news on just to have it on just so like they're aware of you know I try to you know have them sit down and pay attention a little bit of what's going on and to some success, some not success, but at least I I need to, you know, have it on. Uh, sometimes they're engaged a little bit. Sometimes they're like, all right, you know, we've like, you know, especially with cable news, it's kind of like over and over and over. It's just people just talking heads. So, you know, they're like, all right, you know, it's like, they're boring. If we, it's, you know more engaging for us as adults but i try to at least do that we do try to talk to them at dinner and just so, so they understand what's going on my wife and um kids did go to a uh, uh a thing in town it was like a peace march you know the, the cool. kids really were into and i'm I glad and you know we live in bergen county um in a town that's very diverse super diverse yeah. i mean both my yeah. kids have friends of every race and background yeah. and um you just walk around the town i mean it's very diverse, which i love and i think that's yeah. a, that's a real plus so i think to them it's like they, they see everybody um yeah every you know race african-american asian um hispanic everything indian they have friends of every race that's all awesome. around yeah. soccer teams and, and class and never see anything but them i mean they just they, you know play with everybody so sometimes you know again kids are they don't Sometimes not every child is going to be very vocal and, you know, give the response that you're kind of looking for in things, you know, sometimes we just talk, tell them something and they're just like, you know, they don't give you any response. (laughs) So you don't really know sometimes what, like how much you're thinking about it. But um, we do, like I said, just having the TV on just so I can see what's happening, what's, you know, the, mar- the all the protests going on, why they're protesting, some of the, you know, crazy stuff that's going on with the rioting and, and stuff like that. Do
2: they understand that, like, the violence of the police and, like, the whole problem with it? Or are you going to have to warn your kids like by the way by the, yeah i mean we have you know, I, mean, you ha- you know BJ- I haven't
1: really i mean we have talked to, told them what's going on yes we've told them and it's last year i think it was last year about a year and a half ago in this town they actually did the police did a pretty cool program where they gave out um cards of each policeman or you have to like collect. oh yeah, yeah, i've seen that yeah yeah okay and their kids were really into it and um whoever could get all the cards it was like 30 cards or so um they won like a ps4 actually well, crazy they gave it was wow. cool so my kids were both really cool. into it i had to drive them to the police station <laughs> many like after school right away they're like go, go to the let me see who's there i need like five more people it was like <laughs> collecting baseball cards it was actually a really good program so you know i thought that was a that's good smart. like way to like i think more places should do stuff like that especially now you yeah. should try yeah. to reach out and that's you know i guess what everyone's saying is like you need to have that communication with the community and stuff like that. So, yeah.
0: I mean, like to kind of go off of what Steve was saying and just because, I mean, you and your wife are from different backgrounds, you know, your wife's from S- South America mm-hmm. and you're, you know, Italian from <laughs> North yeah. Jersey and stuff. Have you ever thought about having a talk with them about the fact that, you know, even though they have these two backgrounds, they may be perceived as one versus the other in certain circumstances. In general, like potential, you know, stereotyping or, you know, sure. any kind of racism in that capacity.
1: Yeah, definitely. My, my wife has talked to them a lot because they, they do look more Hispanic, really, both of them. Mm-hmm. So if you have to tell them, I mean, obviously they're still young, but they should know that.
2: Like if they get out of New Jersey, they might encounter some, you know.
1: Yeah. It yeah. Again, we're, we're so used to here. I mean, in our area in Bergen County, there's so many just in the Hispanic world. I mean, there's Latino yeah, restaurants yeah. all over. You know, Everywhere we go is a Colombian restaurant. We go all the yeah. time. Almost every parent we know actually speaks <laughs> Spanish. So I mean, we're like in a real, yeah. it's just yeah. normal for us. I don't Yeah. When we go other places. Yeah. It could definitely be different, obviously. Yeah. I mean, You
0: know, and I think, you know, you're talking about living in such a diverse neighborhood, like my wife and I, we live in the same county as you guys in Bergen County, but we live in a different, a totally different town where it's much more, you know, white there. You know, there is some diversity, but it's because it's a, it's a different socioeconomic type situation. It's more white, not to say it's, you know, politically Mm -hmm. one way or the other, because it's pretty, it's still pretty open-minded here. Um, You know, it's definitely Different. I know my my wife and I have talked about that. If you know we ever decide to move, we would like to move to a much more diverse town. Having lived in you know a town like South Mm -hmm. Orange, where it's you know a very diverse town, sure. Or you know where Steve lives in Montclair. Steve's in Montclair. That's incredibly diverse. (laughs) You know, and that's Montclair is an incredibly interesting town because it's so diverse, not only racially and ethnically, but you know socioeconomically. You have literally the very very top and the very very bottom. all in the same town literally yeah you know i I feel like as a teacher having seen kids um in different classrooms in different you know states and just at different ages like it's definitely helpful and much more i feel it's a big positive to have to expose kids to different ethnicities backgrounds religions whatever you know all all these types of of things because then they have that knowledge they have that experience whereas if you were living where i grew up it was all white kids and i was like one of a few Jewish people, so I was like, I was a minority in the fact that I was like, you know, one of the only kids who didn't celebrate Christmas, you know, and yeah, that, right. that that's where I grew up
1: too. Same type yeah. of thing. It was all one, literally like me. Everybody felt like it were yeah. Italian American, <laughs> yeah, white, yeah. Um, and it's more apparent now that I'm older and live here. It's like, wow, I really was in a very close-minded, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. or just one way, you know, town. Yeah. I think
0: that. What's what's good is that living in a diverse town, really, you, you know, you kind of all these stereotypes that you kind of see on TV and that like the media shows you. It kind of it kind of goes away because you literally are living in it. You're you're seeing what people who may be perceived or, or viewed as like as in a negative light, um, they're they're good people. And whereas you or, see them, people yeah, who are viewed as who are in a positive light, maybe they're not so great. You know, it's like it, it's yep, kind of sure. a, kind of like a, a flip situation. Having a, such a young son, like we don't really get into it that much with him because he you know he's not it he doesn't comprehend half the stuff that's going on. You know, it's just a question for me as I go get older and he gets older and, you know, what I need to talk to him about and what experiences he's going to see. It's it's just it's it's kind of a crazy time because I feel like the at least the world is going to be at least where we live is going to be better prepared uh, to to confront these things because people are, you know, really trying to push. Uh, a multi-ethnic, you know, kind of curriculum in schools and just get that idea out that, like, it doesn't matter what you look like, it's about, you know, who you are. All right, so, you know as we do or as we will be doing with every show and we did in the first show, we're going to give you a little bit of a rundown of what we've been listening to and some suggestions of what we think you as our audience should check out. If you haven't already, um, you know, I'll well, let's, let's, let's uh, shake it up a little bit. Let producer Steve go through a couple of things that he's been listening to um, lately.
2: Awesome. Uh, so I,
0: I can I could definitely
2: say the Bandcamp Fridays and other things like that have forced people to move release dates up or unearth certain things. So um, Run the Jewels dropped their album early. I think it was going to originally come out like in late July or something, mm-hmm. closer to like okay. the fall. And that album, uh, I know Josh had, had listened to it as well. Archie J Four Front to Back is is definitely one of the top albums I've heard this year and um, Vinyl Junkies got an access to it through LP actually and he jokingly tweeted it out and then he showed up in the stream and like we chatted with him about it and kind of were just like dude this is (laughs) awesome and so that was pretty cool yeah Uh, a track I mean the whole album I think like I said is really really classic good flows really good production but also experimental and the song a few words for the firing squad which is like the closing track it just I don't know it leaves you shook, so I think that's great
1: it'd be a lie if I told you that I ever disdain a fortune and fame but the presence of the pleasure never absstained me from any other pain when my mother transitioned to another plane I was sitting on the plane telling her to hold on and she trying hard but she just couldn't hang been two year true fears I probably never be I just
0: same. checked that out it's good it's a great album yeah and I'm not I'm not it's I'm great. not even like a I, I've never really listened to run to the jewels before and I just decided just to to throw it on, and it's it was it was great.
2: And then uh, Boogaloo Prayer came back into my field, so I uh, looked into my old MP3 collection, and I had um, a couple songs from them and from Dooley, who's the lead singer. He just does very almost like uh, Blind Willie McTell style blues. So um, there's a song that they do called Heartstruck Sorrow that like I just keep playing over and over and over again, and it's just punky bluesy, uh, just. He does it really well. You can tell that he's singing from the heart. My heart struck sorrow. Long
0: before the break of death.
2: And then uh, just throwing it out to the vinyl collection, Uh, I got Link Ray and his Raymen early recordings on vinyl. It's a reissue. But one song stood out. It's called Hidden Charms. And I think I might have sent it to you guys, or at least I sent it to Joe, in that it just sounds proto-punk. Like, this is 1963, I believe. Yes, we did. And man, proto punk like pre pre Stooges, yeah.
1: yeah. Link Ray is really badass. I also played him on the recent yeah. radio show it's as just, well.
2: It's a great album anyway because like you know the classics are there, um, Jack the Ripper and, yeah. and Rumble. But these other songs, like he tried so many different styles. Like I, I'm gonna dig deeper into him. I think mm-hmm. he's he's one of those like undiscovered.
0: Yeah, and if you haven't seen the documentary Rumble about Native American rock. Uh, artist. It's really good. I yeah, think it's I on Amazon. Um, it's it's on Amazon. Yeah, okay. I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon. It's great. And uh, Joe, what about you?
1: So I've been, like I said, I've been downloading a lot of stuff uh, from Bandcamp. Uh, one band I discovered is called the Expats and I didn't know it at the time when I when I bought their single uh, "Funny Honey," but they're actually a father daughter band. Hmm. Uh, the daughter is a 20 Whoa. year old uh, daughter on drums and she sings and the, the dad is a guitar Whoa. player and there's another guy who plays bass so they're a trio um, they have a new album just came cool. out of March the expats they're called cool kind of power pop i don't know garage pop band cool i also got on Bandcamp for free um ty siegel came out with a harry nielsen cover ep siegel smiegel yeah i just keep listening to over and over and also playing on my radio show a lot i bought this single from this guy Dion lunadon when will i hold you again it's a really cool rock song Speaking of the Bandcamp uh, charity aspect, it's a free download. You, you name your price, but all the proceeds go to uh, Campaign Zero and also City Harvest. And mm. he also matches every donation up to $1,000, which cool. is pretty amazing. Also, again, like I was saying earlier with the you know Rage Against the Machine protest music. I, I did yeah. an actually an episode a couple of weeks ago of just all protest slash inequality songs. So a lot of Rage, a lot of Clash and Public Enemy. And those three bands really are like pr- prophetic. I mean, those those the lyrics for all of them, Joe Strummer, Chuck D mm-hmm. and Zach are just like... Per- I mean, they came out 30, 40 years ago and they just are... Perfect for today.
0: Yeah, for me, I mean, like I, as Steve mentioned, the run the new Run the Jewels album. Uh, again, I never really listened to too much Run the Jewels, and then for whatever reason, I threw on the Killer Mike Netflix show, and then I was like, oh, let me go listen to his music, and I was yeah, like very stunned at how how good yeah. they were. I mean, like I, I mean, I've I heard of them, but I didn't mm-hmm. know anything about them, and it was great. Yeah. It's you know that that Outcast influence is definitely all over yes. that the right album, time. and I'm sure their earlier stuff too, which I'm just starting to. Dive I've into. All of us serve the same masters. All
2: of
1: us nothing but slaves. Never forgetting the story of Jesus. The hero was killed by the state. Just got done walking in the snow. Them cold. Just got done walking in the snow. Them cold. Just got done walking in the snow. Them cold. Just got done walking in the snow. Them cold.
0: I also got, uh, you know, again, I, I don't have as much time as uh, you guys do to listen <laughs> to the music, but I did get the the new uh, Presidents of the United States. Well, it's not new, so it's uh. the they they did a kickstart a kickstarter of their first album uh releasing it on vinyl and i thankfully saw an ad for it like yeah. months ago and got in on it. it was only like 25 bucks and i so i got that in the mail a couple of weeks ago and i've been listening to that Jealous. and it's such a there's are so, they're so good i mean it's just so good and it's cool to have it on vinyl You know, it's just it's it's great because it's fun to to get that album and play it because I've been listening to so much of Casper Baby Pants, which is the lead singer of President <laughs> United States of America. You know, that's his his children's yeah. uh, music name, and I've been listening to a lot of that really, and a lot of Sesame Street songs because my son basically during the day <laughs> it's all like Sesame Street songs with a little bit of Raffy and Casper Baby Pants and maybe some Disney songs but my son for like weeks was going on this tear of just like four different Sesame Street songs is the only thing he wanted to listen to
1: Saw a monster in the mirror when I woke up today Monster in my mirror, but I did not run away. I did not shed a tear or hide beneath my bed. Though the monster looked at me, and this is what he said. He said, Wubba, woop Wubba, wubba wubba, woo, woo, woo. wubba,
2: wubba, Wubba, and a doodly doo. He sang Wubba, wabba Wubba, so I sang it
0: too. And <laughs> thankfully, I have to say, for the most part, especially like the older stuff and the, the you know. The Sesame Street songs are so well done, and it, it's such competent music that it's not terrible to listen to unless you're listening to, like, the same song, like, 30 times in a row. But, like, you know, oh, yeah. hearing some of the stuff, it it, it it makes you appreciate just the quality that they're putting out for the kids because mm-hmm. you know your kids aren't listening to just, like, I you know, crap, really. Like, I've seen and heard, like... Other kids' music and it, it's yeah. just not—it's nothing nearly oh, yeah. you know as good. As it. And um, there's and some of the like the the music videos that they have for it have just like all these like actors from like the 90s or 80s. Like there's this one song called "Monster cool. in the Mirror" that Grover sings, and it's like it has literally like a plethora of late 80s, early 90s like pop culture like stars on there just dancing and singing to it. It's it's, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. So see, that's um, cool. So I, that's what I've been listening to a lot, and hopefully you know over. Over time, I'll be able to get a little bit more in of different stuff and, you know, that I have a little more free time to be able to, to listen to stuff. But yeah, definitely, you know, feel free to check this stuff out. With that, I want to thank everyone for listening and uh, we hope you check in with us next time. By the way, if you like the show, we'd love for you to subscribe and tell your fellow music-loving dads or moms, or really anyone, to check out the podcast. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at dadrockspod, and also on Facebook. If you have any questions, comments, or anecdotes for us, or you just want to give us a shout, you can email us at dadrockspod at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and remember dads, you rock!